You're listening to the Philly Maker Fair podcast. My name is Laura Cheneau. And I am Valerie Chiquendo. And I'm Jeremy DePrisco. We're here celebrating the creators, builders, inventors, and artists that bring their visions to life at the Philly Maker Fair. This week, we're chatting with Evan Weinstein, the founder and creator of Coco Press. Coco Press is a 3D chocolate printer with endless options for creating custom confections. Welcome, Evan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> so, Evan, we are very curious. When did you start Coco Press and why did you start it? So I actually started Coco Press um, during my senior year of high school in uh, 2014. I was in intro to engineering class and kind of thought that I could build anything. So I went to my teacher and I said, I want to build a 3D printer. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go to a uh, high school that had 3D printers at the time. And so he pointed at the 3D printer and said, no, that's boring. We already have one. I can buy one of those online right now. Uh, make something that you can't buy online. So uh, I went back to him and decided, okay, what can you not buy online, but is really similar to 3D printing <laughs> and came up with chocolate printing. Um, I thought chocolate would be kind of an easy material because it is 3D and, and has some like structural like stability. I guess I'm still learning seven years later that chocolate is a really hard material to work with. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's the story of how I started Cocoa Press. Oh, that's amazing that you, like you thought about, I want to build a 3D printer. That's, uh, I love it. So ambitious at that age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be a, a half a year project um, during my senior year of high school. And uh, here I am seven years later. <laughs> so clearly you enjoy it. Why do you enjoy Cocoa Press? What makes you happy about it? I think it's, that's a tough question. Um, I get really excited with, um, 3D printing and additive manufacturing and being able to connect that to something that everybody understands. So I have a lot of experience with plastic uh, 3D printing for engineering purposes, but when you put a piece of chocolate that says somebody's name in front of them, everyone gets excited about it. So, so it's this really cool way to connect technology to uh, something that everyone's familiar with and, and likes. Awesome. I'm curious now, I know you've talked about the temperature and the material. Tell us more about that. How difficult is it to comparing chocolate to plastic, for instance? It's very difficult. Um, so a, a regular plastic uh, 3D printer might have, I don't know, plus or minus three degrees Celsius accuracy. Um, we're at uh, plus or minus 0 0.1 degrees Celsius accuracy. Wow. So we are heating the chocolate really precisely to just below body temperature. So the lowest temperature that the chocolate is um, like liquidy enough that it will extrude. And then our whole printer is a mini fridge. So, so we're heating up chocolate inside of a refrigerator, extruding it, and then it solidifies immediately after being extruded. Um, so that's been by far the biggest challenge of working on Cocoa Press is getting the entire like temperature system uh, with the chocolate working and working reliably and repeatably. Wow. So did you ever meet any other 3D printing chocolate um, 
people that you can yeah leverage? yeah there's a few other people working on food printing and some people working on specifically chocolate printing um pre-covid i was able to go to a food 3d printing conference in the netherlands which was really cool and i got to meet someone else this is a funny story, actually. I walked into this food 3D printing conference. It was a pretty small event. And I start talking to this guy who has a chocolate 3D printer. And he just stops me and he goes, wait, I recognize you. You're Cocoa Press. <laughs> I'm nice. halfway across the world. Um, <laughs> and this was a, a month into me working on Cocoa Press full time. And he recognized me. And what's funny is he actually emailed me uh, earlier this week. I haven't talked to him since then. And, uh, and I was just working on an email back to him right before recording this podcast. That's so cute. That's so yeah. exciting. I love the recognition. So who do you make it for? Like who would be your typical customers? So right now we're doing a couple of different things. Um, we are building the printers and we're talking to high-end chocolate shops um, or places that have, had to turn away customers before uh, because they want custom chocolates last minute. Um, so we're talking to some of these chocolate shops, some restaurants, and then people in various other industries like uh, the cannabis industry who are doing really interesting, you know, it's, it's an industry that's all about having fun and what better way to have fun than, than have something that's, that's really personal and, and connects to you. So that's an interesting uh industry we've had a lot of fun conversations there yeah the other side of what we're doing is we're starting to sell chocolates like directly to consumers and also to some businesses who are then uh passing them on to their uh, customers so right now you know we have chocolate bars that you can go on our website and uh basically get any text you want on a chocolate bar which is something that is hard to do if you're not using 3d printing so i'm i'm really liking it and we just started doing that I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago. I was poking around with that on the website. It's pretty slick. I'm like, whoo, maybe my mom needs Mother's Day. Oh, am I too late? Mother's Day is soon. It's coming up. Yeah. yeah. It's coming up. I, was, I probably missed that deadline. I was thinking the, the holiday angle as well. I'm sure Valentine's Day is going to be a big one. And are you expecting uh, the North Pole to put in some orders for these machines for the elves? <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. I'll, I'll try talking to Santa soon. It's funny about Mother's Day because I don't know if my mom will be listening to this podcast, so uh, I'm going to hope no for a second. Um, but I printed some Mother's Day orders. We shipped them to people, and then I realized I had nothing for my mom, so I took the samples. <laughs> and I'm planning on giving the samples that I printed to her because I forgot. And I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible son. No. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. I think you're good. I think this will be posted after Mother's Day. So she will already have enjoyed it by then. So you're safe. Great. Maybe I will have come up with some more stuff uh, by then. I still yeah. have some time. <laughs> so we first met you 2018. That was our first Philly Maker Fair together. And if I'm not mistaken, I see the original that cocoa press from Philly House right there on the back right behind me which is awesome I love the like progression Unin unintentionally <laughs> my background of my zoom meeting no it's perfect though <laughs> so what inspired you to like join the maker fair why did you want to like you know go to the maker fair and had you heard of the maker fair before you came to join us yeah so cocoa press I guess 
continuing that timeline, I was doing Coca Press for fun in high school. I went to Penn. I studied mechanical engineering, and I actually continued working on it at Penn a little bit, just as, mostly over the summer at night, um, and ended up applying for the New York Maker Fair in 2017. And I did not know very much about Maker Fairs. I had gone to one previously, but I got accepted and celebrated that and brought it to New York Maker Fair. And that was the first event where I considered having it be a, a real business in the future because I met people who were suddenly asking me questions like, oh, how much does it cost? How many have you made? <laughs> and I had finished that prototype three days earlier. And this was fall in New York City. It was 90 degrees outside. They wouldn't, uh, they couldn't get me an indoor space. So everything was melting. Everything was, it was a disaster. Um, but what was really cool is that people were excited about it. So of course, once the Philly Maker Fairs happened um, at the Pennovation Center, uh, which is where I had just started. No, no, not yet. I'm, I'm a year, year off in my timeline, but it was at the Pennovation Center. I was going to Penn. So it was very close to me. And, uh, you know, I had, I knew I had to apply and, and join that. But that does bring up something that's a, a nice uh, sort of segue because you did the Maker Fair and then you got accepted to a pretty impressive program at Penovation Works. Why don't you tell us about that? Because are you still there? Looks like you're still there. Yep, I'm still at, I'm still <laughs> at Penovation Center. I've moved across the parking lot from where I started. But so after I graduated from Penn in 2019 and decided I wanted to work on Coca Press full time, I applied for the Penovation Summer Accelerator and got into that, which was really awesome. And it was basically a boot camp of how do you start a company? Um, so I had focused a lot on the technology side, but this was more of a, okay, how do you uh, brand yourself? How do you market yourself? How do you build a team? How do you figure out your business models? And one of my favorite parts of that accelerator was learning from all of the other companies in the cohort. Um, so that was incredible. And, oh, and learning how to pitch was another huge part of, of that program. So after that, accelerator I, I got an office space here and uh i've been here for two years now nice very nice yeah so in that what do you think made you stand out uh when you got selected for that because that's pretty impressive having gotten that uh selection yeah um thank you um i think mentioning chocolate is what <laughs> is what makes me stand out in in certain crowds um what i've learned is never underestimate with manufacturers, potential customers, media related things, how much um, having an exciting topic and being excited about the topic that you're talking about, just how far that goes. Um, so I think that probably caught their attention. Um, and I don't know, may maybe I, I wrote a good application. I don't really remember what, <laughs> what it took to get into it, to be honest. Um, but but that was that was an awesome uh, accelerator. Nice. I think your enthusiasm about your product is definitely palpable. And I think that, you know, it's one of the things that makes it fun to talk to you and fun to like see what you do and like watching your product grow and change and the messages chocolates fancy like I was like <laughs> this is all new since the last time I've been on the website so I'm glad it, like at yeah. least it's recent recent because I was like did I miss something 
no, not at all. And we've, we've kind of started selling them quietly because we don't want to overwhelm ourselves, I guess. That's fair. I was wondering what yeah. happens when, how you start ramping up. Because I know for a long time you've just been doing, you know, as fast as you can <laughs> by yourself. I'm still doing the as fast as I can um, part of that. But, you know, I'm building more printers and uh, trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm working on all of that right now. I have an order for 250 chocolates that by the time this comes out, hopefully I will have already shipped out. And uh, we're going to see how that goes. Excellent. Ooh, congratulations. That's a big order. Thank you. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, what makers inspire you? That's a good question. I, at the start of the pandemic, I uh, um, was on Twitter. I had a whole bunch of trade shows that were canceled. Um, the biggest of which was South by Southwest. And everyone across the maker community was, you know, dealing with the same thing. So someone on Twitter uh, named Matt Stoltz, he works at a 3D printing company that I admire, uh, Prusa. And he started doing this Friday night um, makers meetup um, where anybody could join a Zoom call. And over the course of the year, we've been doing it every week for the entire year. And so there are a bunch of incredible makers there. Um, one person who I've been looking at recently, his Twitter handle, I think, is Odd J. And he just makes these incredible, like, animatronic um, uh, animals and glasses and makes really, really cool stuff. And I met him through that Friday night, Friday night call. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool people doing really cool stuff in the world. Uh, and I'm trying to pay more attention to to all of them. But then I, then I have so many projects I want to do right after. So it, it's always a balance of having too many things that I want to do and then saying, okay, I need to get off of Twitter because it, it's almost too inspiring at times. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, okay, I need, I need a little more inspiration because I'm having a rough week and going and looking at all the incredible stuff that people are doing with mainly 3D printing because that's, that's kind of my, my passion. Ooh, I'm going to throw you one from left field. Um, okay. Like uh, that last one wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us um, a superhero power that you would like to have. Can I pause time? Can I do that? Can I pause time so that, you know, you, if I have something that I'm trying to do or someone needs a response to an email and I'm just too busy, pause time so I can go do the hundred things I'm trying to do and then still respond to them within, you know, a day or two um, of when they email me. So th that's what I'm choosing. Pause time so that I can I can get more done <laughs> in oh, a less of hours. <laughs> that's a good one. I think I a lot that. of makers <laughs> resonate with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder, so in, you talked about the Zoom calls with other makers and so in talking with them and also in your past, I always wonder, you know, what, what was the one thing that kind of made you guys you know, fall in love with making or with, uh, in your case, engineering. I think you mentioned that in high school when you had like a teacher and you said, I, I, I want to build a 3D printer. Like, can you point to like a time when you're like, okay, this is me, this is what I want to do. And, you know, how, how did that come about? Um, 
That's a good question. I think it's been so, I've said that about all of your questions. They're all good questions. Um, I think it's been slowly over time uh, trying to figure it out. And I think I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but definitely, uh, so I switched high schools going into 11th grade to uh, Springside Chestnut Hill Academy that had an awesome engineering and, and robotics program. And I remember the first time, not to harp on 3D printing, but the first time I saw that 3D printer running, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I just, in general, really like making things that make things that people like. So besides the printer, I've worked on, I built an automated bartending robot uh, with my roommate at one point. And yeah, and, and you know, it's, we made something that makes drinks that, that people enjoy. And it's, that was a ton of fun. And I'm definitely forgetting, you know, half a dozen projects that I've probably worked on. But just watching people use the things that you make is really exciting. The, the biggest of which was at the beginning of the pandemic when I uh, started making face shields for frontline mm. medical workers. And we made 90,000 of these things and sent them all across the country and, and even some internationally. I think what engineering and making allows you to do and then how many people it allows you to reach is, is really cool. That's cool. 90,000. That's a lot. I noticed uh, there were quite a few people from the Philadelphia area as well as uh, other states that were pitching in for that. So that's really great that you were helping out. Um, I had a question actually about the chocolate. Um, Your printer, does it specialize using regular dark chocolate or milk chocolate or does it also do white chocolate, which my wife always tells me isn't really chocolate? So it depends on, well, to answer the second part first uh, about white chocolate, it depends on what your definition of real chocolate is. Um, I think if it has cocoa butter in it, it's semi-real chocolate. That means white chocolate can be real or can be fake. Uh Um, I might get a lot of uh, hate for for saying that some white chocolate is real. Hate mail for Um, that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But our printer can do any type of chocolate. So one thing that I wanted to definitely focus on was high quality chocolate. Um, you know, the stuff that you would buy from a chocolate shop instead of, um, you know, a, a fake compound chocolate. Right. Um, so we do milk and dark oh, words, milk, chocolate, dark chocolate, and white chocolate. I think the milk chocolate is my favorite. Actually, I know the milk chocolate is my favorite. If we look at some of our failed prints, um, we have a few dark chocolate ones around and no milk chocolate ones around because I eat them immediately. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, what does your ideal day look like? My ideal day? Yes. Um, right now, I'm trying to assemble more printers. So if I had all the time to just assemble printers and not have to worry about international shipping or customs or something like that, that would be amazing. If I could just sit down and listen to a podcast and uh, assemble a a few more cocoa presses, that would be great. Overall, I don't think I have an ideal day because everything's moving so fast. You know, for a few months, I might be designing a new printer. Then I might be working on trying to sell something and and having lots of meetings with customers, which I love, or potential customers. Um, And other days might be dealing with paperwork and dealing with, yeah, international shipping, which is mm. kind of the bane of, of yeah. uh, my existence recently. 
<laughs> so it's so making a printer how long does that take we've gotten the process down it's basically assembling a giant ikea set that i also designed uh which is strange and means that if any of the instructions are unclear well i mean that's my fault that's not <laughs> ikea, that's not ikea um and so it takes I don't know i think we've got if i were fully focusing on it we could i could assemble a printer in a few days at this point mm-hmm. um i have all of the parts on on the shelves behind me here so it's it's gotten down from a month to now just a few days that's great yeah um when you were a kid before all this chocolate stuff what did you want to be when you grew up I have no idea, to be honest. Um, <laughs> if my mom's listening to the to, to this, maybe she'll be able to tell me. Um, I don't really know. I don't know if I knew. I, I think looking back from now, I can point out the times where, oh, of course I'm going to do engineering, or of course I'm going to build something, because I loved train sets. I loved... We, we had this set that basically gave you, like, a fake, like... Uh, power drill and you had to like screw in plastic nuts and bolts to make a car or something and i was obsessed with that thing so looking (laughs) back it's easy to kind of point to those moments and say i always knew i was going to be an engineer but i don't think that i did until high school um yeah Hmm. well i love the springside chestnut hill engineering program by the way just fyi (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty awesome yeah my, my daughter actually used to go there. And then when we moved, I'm like, oh my God, I miss it so much because there's it nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's really incredible. And and I, I got to go back and mentor the robotics team last year in, until COVID hit. Um, nice. That was one of my trips, was going to be uh, traveling with them. Oh, one of my nice. trips that was canceled. Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll just leave that in. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't hear the question that the cat was asking. Can, well, can she, I'll try she wants to know a boring fact about yourself. Meow, 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 meow. Chocolate, meow, meow. <laughs> a boring fact about myself? Um, the cat has tough questions, too. Um, <laughs> I don't know what is a boring fact about myself. Um everything's just so exciting there couldn't possibly be a boring fact amazing that's that's one interpretation the other one is this year has had a lot of boring moments and and are those just something that's happened this year or or are those reflective of who i am as a person right right question sorry that went a little existential but uh uh, um, i don't know i don't know Uh, a boring fact about myself is that I have been trying to read more books and I said, okay, over the pandemic, I'm going to read one book. And this is when I thought it would be two weeks. So I started a book and I haven't picked it up since then because now I know I have plenty of time to finish it, unfortunately. Um, so I'm not very good at reading books. Uh, I do like audio books, um, but reading is, I'm, I'm not great at it. <laughs> I know there's quite a number of doers and builders are like that. I, I know this where you just want to dig into the work yeah i mean i I read a ton online i read a lot of uh obviously the the reddit and social media stuff but also just reading about other people's projects 
They're not books, but I, I think it counts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I was wondering if there's anything you'd like to mention that we haven't talked about yet. <clears throat> not a lot. We we've covered we've covered a lot of it. Um, I really appreciate the Philly maker community and especially at the beginning of man, I just have the same themes that I keep going through here. I guess it's what's going through my head today. Um, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I think the maker community really shined and was able to just provide something that was so in need before any of the big manufacturers were able to uh, scale up and, and provide face shields and other PPE. So I think making is super cool, but I also think that last year really showed the, the power of uh, decentralized manufacturing and what a lot of people with some equipment in their basement and, and some free time, uh, some new free time can, uh, can do. Um, so that's not a, a thing about me that I, that I haven't mentioned, but it's just, it's just a thing that I've been thinking about uh, a year later and how, how cool that was. Um, that we were able to help. Uh, unfortunately, you know, circumstances, I, I, I would have preferred none of it happened, but um, it was it was cool to see the community really, really uh, shine in that moment. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like before the pandemic happened, we imagined it, that this could be a new future. Yeah. You could have, you know, you're moving from the manufacturing sites with, you know, high capital to just, you could just do it from your kitchen now and build the same quality products. So I think, you know, that Definitely. would be a silver lining, <laughs> silver lining in the whole pandemic. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were 3D printing was used not just for face shields. Um, when Italy shut down, they made most of the nasal swabs. Mm. And so it was really hard to get the nasal swabs, which is why co- one of the things limiting how many COVID tests they could perform. It turns out you can 3D print those nasal swabs on high-end SLA printers. And I know someone who printed, you know, over a million of them Hmm. for a a city. And it's so cool. I never would have thought that 3D printing could be used in that way. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know till now. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Oh, wait, I have a question. I've been wondering this for... I don't know as long as I've heard about 3D printing. So in the world of 3D printing food, first time I heard that, I thought, how do you 3D print foods? But now I see chocolate. <laughs> Can you, what other kinds of food do people 3D print? So I guess first I should say, uh, you know, 3D printing uh, is a process of building up an object layer by layer. So you start with the, the base and, um, it's almost like if you sliced a tomato and then each of those slices is one of the layers. So you can almost imagine like putting it back together after you slice the tomato. Basically you can 3D print any food that doesn't have large seeds or you know, can flow a little bit, whether that's at room temperature like icing or a hummus or a thin guacamole. Some of those prints might be limited to pretty pretty small things but still you can put a plate underneath the printer and uh write your name on the plate or or something cool like that even if it doesn't have quite enough like structural stability to build up a full object i've been wanting to play with 3d printing butter recently and 
Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I mean, it's basically just chocolate, but different temperatures. And uh, I'm going to get in trouble with uh, um, my material <laughs> scientist, uh, Amy, for saying that. But um, No, but it's funny because they, they, that was a fancy thing, right? For my mom, when my mom was a kid, they would do fancy molded butters yeah. and like high-end restaurants yeah. do that. So it's not that unheard of but to do it with the 3d printer is actually really cool sorry yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and i mean i know companies have even tried 3d printing meat i don't fully know how that one worked um well i know i don't know how they 3d printed real meat um if i can go on a side tangent for a second about 3d printing fake meat it is fascinating because Can I go on the side of the side no, That's just yes. not something you hear every day, so please go on. <laughs> okay. So so my my spiel about this is that 3D printing food can be for personalization, which is a lot of what I do, for um, health reasons, um, if you have swallowing disorders or uh, something else, uh, 3D printing the food can actually help in, in those settings as well. And then 3D printing for environmental impacts, which besides customization is, is just one of my favorite methods of, or, or reasons for 3D printing. So a lot of newer fake meat is using additive manufacturing to get the same type of marbleization that you find in like a steak. Hmm. Um, a lot of the fake meat that's currently out on the market, uh, Beyond Beef, which I just found out I'm allergic to, and Impossible Burgers, um, they're all ground beef because it's the easiest thing to make. But the future of fake meat is going to be these 3D printed fake steaks and, you know, whatever other uh, meats people want, because you can get the same sort of texture or marbleization as you can in a real steak product. So I think that's a fascinating use of of 3D food printing and probably going to be one of the biggest in the future. Um, And there's a whole bunch of companies working on that. Yeah, thank that. you. For I that. haven't had a real steak since like 1991, so mm-hmm. I'd be all really happy to have like a fake <laughs> veggie steak. Yeah, <laughs> over it. Yeah, yeah. That I think that was my confusion. And... Yeah, that was my confusion because I'm like, how do you 3D print meat? But well, this it makes sense if it's like some material that's meat-like, like meat. Yeah, you effectively just put a. Uh, this is a, a giant simplification of it, but you just put you know, the, the parts that make up the current Beyond Burgers or, or Impossible Meats and um, put it in a printer that will print the, the, the meat part, the, like, I don't, I don't know fats. if that's going to be the fats, yeah, <laughs> and, and other parts, and then you cook it at the end. Um, but I think one way of, of meat having less impact on the environment is going to be converting people who meet, eat meat all the time to, okay, I could go for this vegetarian or vegan option, uh, at least some of the time, um, as long as it it's similar. I would do that as long as I'm not allergic to it. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that, that's my rave about, about uh, 3D printing uh, meats. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm being fascinated by it. I'm, you know, it's hey, Laura, I'll, I'll try it with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try Woo-hoo. it. I'll, you know, I'll try, I'll try anything once, usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's funny to see people's reactions to 3D printing fake meat because KFC announced they're working on 3D printed chicken, uh, fake chicken nuggets. Um, and people's comments on mine can be <laughs> not the nicest sometimes. Um, but I find it interesting that that people think of 3D printing food as it's going to be gross, even with chocolate, um, when it's just the ingredients in that you're that you're getting out. I mean, I'm, I'm right. not making chocolate. I'm just putting chocolate in and shaping it to right. whatever shape you want. So it's the same taste that goes in. That yeah, goes out. I think in your case, you're dealing with a quality product and you're shaping it. In the case of meat, where they're they're creating a new form of meat, there's a lot of other things that go into creating creating that material, and uh, yeah, totally. That's where it can go really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now I was going to ask if there's any other question you would like us to ask you. <laughs> I think I just found out that I wanted you to ask me about 3D printed meat. Um, <laughs> I think I answered it. <laughs> Okay. Um, no. La Laura, did you have any other questions? Um, what's Are next for you? What's next for Cocoa Press? Whether it's butter pudding or some other kind of mouthfeel. I know you've talked about that in the past, like the different mm -hmm. patterns that you make in the chocolate can change how it tastes. You know, what's next for y'all? What's the next innovation? I don't know yet. Um, I'm trying to figure that out right now, to be honest. Um, I I want to get 3D food printing and 3D chocolate printing into more people's hands. So I am thinking about ways of, of trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, right now, we just started with the custom chocolate bars. So we're going to run with that for a little while and play with different um, business models for... 3D for selling the chocolate itself and uh yeah and keep talking to people about about what they what they want to make um i just imagine that people the reception is great um even though there's a lot more work you have to do getting more people just to get used to the idea of ordering you know 3d printed chocolate and so i wonder yeah. if where could they go to learn more about it? And um, yeah, go to cocopress.com. Uh, okay. Cocopress.com is, is where I, where I have all my stuff. Uh, C O C O A P R E S S. Um, and also, you know, any of the social medias, uh, including TikTok, which I will eventually make more TikToks, but <laughs> I, I, I posted a video there a few months ago and it just, it went viral and it was, it was crazy. I have 1.8 million views on that video. It's like a, it's a 14 second video of me just talking about Cocoa Press. Um, oh, so you were just talking, but, you weren't, you weren't dancing or making, making chocolates. Um, <laughs> I, I did a little bit of lip syncing in the first couple of seconds, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, but any of the social media accounts that we have, um, I'm probably most active on Twitter. Nice. So, anything yeah. else you would like to add? I'm excited for Philly Maker Meetups to come back and the or the Maker Fairs to come back. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> um, yeah, I I met so many awesome people through the through the Maker Meetups, um, and some of which I still work with on on Cocoa Press stuff. Oh, those were those were super valuable. Um, but yeah, that's 
that's it from me for for today awesome this was fun this is fun thank, yeah, thank you, you for having me so on yeah. thank you for joining us is... Here. I'll see you online. Go get back to yep. writing that email. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I need to finish that email. That's the next thing. And if, if time stops, we'll know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> Will we? I don't know. Maybe not. But <laughs> it'll stop for us, but just, not for him. You know. It might just be, you know, feel like a sneeze or something. You know, or like bit. everybody yeah. will blink at the same time, but no one will realize that everyone else blinked because they'll also be blinking. Uh huh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fully Makeup Fair podcast. We're streaming on all platforms, so join us each week. Learn more about today's Makeup Fair at phillymakeupfair.com. We're social, so keep in touch. You can find us on Twitter as PHLMake. Also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Pinterest as Philly Maker Fair. All one word. See you, See you next, next week. week.